0: Mark, we're back with out of your league. Hello. We're
1: back. Hello. Hello. We're wearing the same clothes. If anyone watched uh, the Barry Mcdermott episode, as we wore for, for yeah. that. Well, I watched it back and thought I looked really good that episode, so yeah. I've worn it again. Yeah.
0: Same I, for you. Yeah. I, no, I, I didn't think I looked good, but I wore the same clothes. No,
1: coincidence. Yeah.
0: And we're joined this week by Mark. Before we give his name away, and you know, people will be watching, they'll know exactly who it is. Describe our guest for us this week. You
1: keep asking me to do this, don't <laughs> you?
0: Yeah. I just uh, like how you've you, know, you, you got real art for, for painting pictures with words <laughs> you know these days. I don't know
1: that. Yeah. He's, got a, he's got a black cap on. Well, what, did, what, does a P- represent... what does PSRC
0: mean, Mark? Um, oh, it's, uh... oh, not to, not
1: yeah. Don't give yourself yeah. away, no. guest. Uh, he's got a lovely represent t-shirt on. Yeah. Um, lots of tats, big thighs. Yeah. I wish I had big thighs, I don't. Yeah. Um, he looks great, he looks trendy. He's got, he's got PSRC on his socks as well, yeah. Mark. Is that what's, his company? What's is it? PSRC?
2: uh just my uh just a company that and um, do some it stuff on it he, okay <laughs>
0: well, he's, he's a heavily tattooed man isn't he mark yes heavily tattooed i mean yeah. there's a lot of tattoos knocking about on this, this show today but
1: yeah. um, you, you've got some more tattoos haven't I, I've,
0: no, I've got some awful tattoos what well, yeah. have you got i've got your name on my ass
1: he actually has the word letters your name before
0: steve-o did it on jackass i should say
1: and you've got knob on your thigh
0: yeah, that's my grand's name, but she's dead now, but thanks. Yeah,
1: okay.
2: yeah.
0: Her name wasn't Knob, it was Norma Olive Bond. Yeah, but fine. she had Norma Olive Bond on the wall, just Knob. And we were grandkids and we saw it, we are like, she's got Knob on the wall, what an idiot. And then when she died, I thought it was quite cute and got it tatted down my leg, but now I regret it. It's quite weird. Yeah. Anyway, Josh <laughs> <so>, uh, <laughs> Charlie, welcome. <laughs> Thank how are you. you? Thanks for having me, I'm good, how are you? You're looking good. Who, who's done that to your head there? Show oh, me where they
1: are. Game, let, me, let me
2: at them. I've got quite a few. What's
1: that, what was that from?
2: Uh, previous game. Right,
1: yeah, his hairline look good as well. Just want to mention that, yeah. What are you suggesting, Mark? No, because there's not that many good hairlines on this podcast, so yours has flourished over the years. Mine's average, yours is going. Uh, yeah, well, I just, just wanted get to give you right. a example, Josh. Mine's all right for 40s, yeah. Mine's all right for 40s, yeah. It's, didn't, didn't yeah, say yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, I'll get some drops <laughs> on it or something. I'm going to
0: Turkey actually in a couple of weeks for the Champions League final, so maybe while I'm out there, I might stay a bit longer. That's funny, yeah, yeah. Come back with you, yeah. Um. Josh, how are you? You in really, a good place? Yeah, really good, yeah? thank you. What uh, third time try tri-scorer in Super League, Mark, Josh Charnock. Can you name top and second?
1: Uh, Danny Maguire. Yeah. Paul Wellens. Is that right, Josh? He's got it wrong, hasn't he? Ryan All. Ryan All. Close, she, yeah. but no cigar. Are you still going, though? Well, Ryan All still going. How, can you get first? Is that in your sights? Uh, yeah, it's... 31, you're baby, doable. Josh.
2: Yeah, it's doable. It depends how long the body lasts and if I can stay in Super League. So, But, yeah, we're, uh, we're ticking away at the minute and it's just good to keep scoring tries
0: you, you two you had a little embrace you had a hug while I went to the toilet um, former teammates that's, well that's what I was about to say going mm. back to sort of was it 2010 you were at Wigan together? no no I was 2009
1: I, I was a seven, eight, nine, and you're quite a bit younger than me you're about yeah. three years younger so we played in the under 21s I think yeah, together reserves. a bit of reserves John Wayne was our coach we had a star studded team we had Lee Mossup, Sam Tomkins Mickey McLaurin Liam Farrell I was probably the back end of this uh, amazing group of young men that came through at Wigan. And um, you, you think you went on loan to Hull KR a little bit. Yeah. Was that 2009? 2010. Was that 10? Yeah. And then part of all the success at, at Wigan for a long time, I'm sure we're gonna discuss it in a while, but what, yeah. what Do you
0: remember of a young Mark Flanagan, Josh, back then? He was
1: be- better looking than he is <laughs> He's now. not changed, mate. He's no? not changed. Not more
0: weathered, a little bit more weathered, you know. More weathered, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you what, what? What were the conversations when you were brushing shoulders in the in the corridors there? The... We
1: started to crack back then, didn't we? we had... Yeah,
2: there was. Like you say we Mickey Mac, Mickey Mac's uh, a bit of a character, and he was always the one messing around. So there was good banter there, and you know, it's never really changed. I don't think we was... had a
1: had a good. I think Wayne probably instilled it on in us. We had a good work hard, play hard mentality where we'd we train really tough, we'd batter each other, we'd play hard in games, and then it would encourage us to to form bonds with each other and mateship on a Saturday night on, on King Street and yeah. I think we all embraced that as much as, as the rugby and um, yeah that was a, a reason why they were so successful for a long time they had a lot of a lot of young players who came through at the same time who, who, who kind of created a great culture at the club Was that a tattoo list Josh Charney about 17 years old or something like that 18 yeah. years old? nothing nothing on you at all yeah uninked yeah. I had quite market. a few yeah I was quite young you are a centre back then weren't you
2: yeah I come through as. Well, I started as a halfback yeah then uh, speaking about Wigan sent Pat's I was at Wigan sent Pat's and they said, didn't see me as an halfback they, my, they saw me as like a wing centre fullback and from there uh, Wigan picked me up and yeah just blossomed as a winger mm. what was the first tattoo incidentally but I know that you, do you want to see it uh, yeah go
0: on yeah Oh, tribal, tribal. All all tribal, all tribal, all tribal on the right tribal's about, isn't That's why we're long sleeves. Have you, about the, have, you, have you thought about the cover-up going for a full kind of, you know? Yeah, no, I'll just leave it. Part, of, part Tri- of the journey. Part of the story, yeah. <laughs> so you, you're a Chorley boy, right? Yeah. I always kind of ask this question because I like, and I know a lot of podcasts do this, but I think they do it for a reason, right? What, what do we need to know about young Josh Charlie to sort of
2: understand you and where you are now in your 30s? What was the, that childhood like for you? Uh, Probably mum and dad... Worked all the time, uh, had a a good lifestyle, you know, it's uh, brought up on a council estate, uh, went to schools and then, you know, trained as a uh, bricklayer. So on my Thursdays in school, I I went to college and did bricklaying and, you know, qualified as a bricklayer. So I've got that as something to fall back on. And uh, just, you know, being able to train and work and, you know, it just opens your eyes up to so what you've got, you're lucky enough to you know, go to work every day playing rugby, and you know it's pretty tough. I know at Wigan, I think they still do it at the minute. They still send the young boys out to work, mm. just to open their eyes and just to make sure that you know what they've got is is they're lucky to have, and you know don't let it go. So
0: I think there's a lot to be said for that, and like the symbolism of building a wall. I, I read um, Will Smith's book before he knocked out Chris Rock. He didn't knock him out. did he? he punched it was, him. It was a good slap. Probably. Yeah, it was a good slap. And um, his dad yeah. used to make him and his brother build walls and then he'd like smash them down outside this, his dad's shop and make them build a wall again every oh, really? couple of years yeah like,
1: and I, th- I think that's more and more important I've, I don't want to bag the younger generation but I think there's a lot of entitlement with, with young people today especially when you come into a sports club you get new boots shakers, kit well paired but I think understanding what the other side of life is like and um, and let's bang them Mark generation yeah. Z is a bunch of wankers no <laughs> not, not, not in all cases but there is a little bit of an element of it and I think you, not taking the opportunities for granted is really important, and, and if you're a talented young man who's in a in a in a rugby league club, I think you've got to take the opportunities you get because you know, you might not be as lucky, in, if, if you're not to to make a career in it, and um, I suppose that probably gave give you a sense of the opportunity you had.
2: Yeah, I've know, my dad's quite punctual. i I think I've got that off my dad. Like you say, I'm always early. I'm always on time, and you know I think. This just going to rub off on. Let's well rub off on me. Hopefully, it'll rub off on my kids as well. But when you
0: were building the walls, and I just think it's got, it's an interesting sort of point to pick up because you're you're what you know, a teenager, you're just into working years, right? Yeah. 15, 16 years old, and and you're doing it f- from means to an end to get some money to go and spend, to go and have some fun, whatever. And as a kid, but when you when you're building them, are you humble when you're doing it, or are you thinking, what am I doing? I need something. I need to do something else.
2: No, no, I enjoy it. I enjoy it because my great grandfather, he was a bricklayer, and it's just probably passed on, and it's just one of those where. I like being outdoors and, you know, I get a bit of satisfaction from it.
0: Mm. So come on, paint the picture for us. So mum, dad, happy childhood, Th- those years before rugby came into your life, what what were they like and what were their dreams? Who were the posters of on the wall? they don't have to be appropriate, Josh. Who, yeah. Who were they? Don't uh, shift her. She's a bit too old for you. Jenna Jennifer Lopez, me. Jennifer Jameson, D said. Jennifer Lopez? Oh, sorry, I thought we can't have Jennifer Jameson. <laughs> oh, <God>. That was <laughs> Jennifer uh, Lopez. Yeah, on the Jennifer on the, one of BCD. Still on my wall. Yeah. yeah, BCD. I said, yeah. yeah, yeah. So go on, sorry.
2: Oh yeah. so uh, quite active. I was quite active, young kid. Played football first, but then was, was that the passion? Football? Not really. Just to get out, get out the house. I was probably quite high rated. uh, I can see it in my young kid now, I'm in my eldest, he's, he's like a wasp, he's, like, he's here there and everywhere. And mm. it's probably uh, me that 20, 30 years ago. So. Uh, but did you think was there
0: ever a point where you thought you could you could make a career out of football? Cause you know, you had the pace, you had, I imagine the skills.
2: Uh, no, was not really, one? just, I just did it. And I got sent off in one of the games like, and uh, the coach was like, I don't think it's football's for you. Uh, <laughs> You're a bit tackling yeah, everybody, so, spearing everyone, but, uh, <laughs> no, but it was Jamie Ellis. Uh, so where we lived, I lived behind him. He was, uh, he played at a team called Charlie Panthers and he was like, why don't you come train? So I went down on a Tuesday and there's a few faces there from my school. And it just-
1: Because Charlie's not that big, the league's not that big in Charlie, is it? Really?
2: No, not really. They had they had Charlie Lynx, Lancashire Lynx was there at the time, back in the day. They were a small club though, weren't they? Yeah. Mm. Uh, what, but... what did you love about it then? Because we speak to so many players, um,
0: who remember those days? And I guess you can kind of remember the smells, the sounds, the journey to there, the first training session, your parents picking you up, all that. But
2: w- what was it that made you fall in love with rugby leave as as a kid? Probably just getting my energy out. It's something to you know focus on and, and fly around the pitch. You know, there's not a care in the world, are you, when you're that young. You just fly around. You're enjoying it with your mates, and you know, getting a bit of satisfaction out of probably putting your mate on the back and uh, you know having a bit of banter. But yeah, it's uh, from there, I think it, it just grew and, you know, I was lucky enough to play and, you know, I get coached by some good coaches at the time and, yeah, the, the love of the sport just grew and, you know, it's still growing now. I,
0: mean, I think it's fair to say, Mark, Josh is one of the best finishers in the game, right? Yeah. Is, is that something that was in you even at that age? Because I know you're saying you were playing halfback. What, what made you stand out at Chorley Panthers that then Pat said, OK, come along here and then the rest of the career is kind of history. But what, what did you have in your locker that was different?
2: I don't know, uh probably the speed i I was I was nippy as when I was younger, and you know I've put a bit of it, yeah, so I'm not as fast as I was, but yeah I was pretty lightning when I was younger, and you know it's like having no fear i was I was fearless, I'd run into anyone I, I weren't too bothered about that, and you know, probably you know amount to some tries that I scored as, a, as an amateur, and yeah, I' would just probably you say know, I can't really think I'm. But were you a
0: try to... pick? Were you like the Erling Haaland of, of sort of tries? Did you is try that where pick. is that where the finishing came from? Of just like I want to be, I want to get the glory. I want to be the one crossing the line.
2: Uh, I don't know. Possibly, I might have been. Might have been a bit selfish back in the day. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you, <laughs> now,
0: now you have license to be selfish. Your job is to be selfish, right? Your job is a finisher. That's every team needs one of those, Mark.
1: Right? Yeah, obviously. I think when you, it's like in football, the goal scorers, Alan Shearer's are a little bit selfish because. That they want to they want to score the goal, they want to, you know, they, they put the pressure on themselves to deliver. And I think great try scorers in the rugby league are the same. They've got to back themselves when they're in a certain situation. And uh, when you've got ability and confidence, they're the two key ingredients for, for, for that try scoring ability. And Josh is up there with the best couple we've had for the last 10, 20 years in the game. Mm. I know you said you don't want to talk about St. Pat's, but it is still a big part of your journey,
0: right? Yeah. So. So how do you then go from Chorley Panthers to St. Pat's and, and who was there? What kind of names and, and
2: how much was that a catalyst to getting to Wigan Warriors? Yeah, it was a coach called Billy Aliwell. He was uh, he was the one who was like, you're not an halfback, you're, you're a fullback. So uh, so he saw that straight away. I wonder yeah. what, why, did, why I do don't, you think... I don't know. we we'll mm. to get him on. Yeah. Get him on the show. Just get him on It's funny, yeah, but, cause he's here now, <laughs> Billy, <but> he <laughs> like yeah. thank you. It's yeah, but on. I don't know what he saw in me. I, I think it must have just been like, the ability of just the pace that I had. Yeah. But yeah, it was And you just accepted it at that stage. You were like, yeah, Oh, yeah, you do. You you learn he's an older an older person, you listen to what your elders say and you know, I just I was just learning off him and, and you know and, and carried on. But there were likes of Sam Powell were there, Don Crosby was there. So we had a good little team there. So we, So we we clicked and a few of us, you know, managed to get picked up by Wigan and and was all on the Academy and Reserve team together. Do do you remember a moment where you thought yeah, th- this is going to be my life now. I'm, I'm going to put everything into
0: it and I'm going to make a career out of it and I'm going to make as much money as I as Not I can.
2: really, no. There was a coach when I was at, we got uh, John Pendlebury. Yep. John Pendlebury said to me, you've never made it. Like, just keep thinking that every day that you've not made it. Mm. So I've always had that passion and that drive to think that it's, I've still got to impress. I've still got to do, I've still got to learn, do me extras. I, I still do them to the, this day. So, yeah, I've still got that hunger in me and it's, it's probably like saying, I'm, I'm trying to, rub that off onto the younger boys at leaders that like, you've got to keep keep
1: grinding. Great coaches have can have such a big impact on young players and the start of the career. And I think some advice like that players can really get a grasp of and, and take with them. And I think it's so important for some for, for lads to get the right advice mm. and to get he, he would have been what, mid fifties, sixties. Yeah. He was quite an older coach, yeah. wasn't he? And he might not technically have has been as astute as some of the the younger fellas that were at, uh, the new the modern game but in yeah. terms of principles and standards. I remember John being right up there in terms of the habits that you need to have a successful career. Because he he played for Great Britain. I think he played Halifax. I'm sure he won a Lance Todd Trophy at a Challenge Cup final. Um, And he was tough as as anything. So, yeah, it's important that young men get that right advice at a young age. And there was fuller coaches like that at Wigan at the time. That that
0: advice came late for you, because you had the same sort of thing Like uh, after 2014. You're not forward, Mark. You're a halfback. After four, what happened four, at Old Trafford for yeah. about four weeks, and then yeah. they changed, and then he went back there. to it. No, I think you are a right. forward, and then right. like, oh, I
1: think you should go to Salford. Yeah, I think yeah, you're a bench player. Right. <laughs> Josh is laughing like yeah, that one. Yeah, right.
0: so, um, that debut came in 2010. Yeah, and then you, you kind of had to obviously like a lot of young players you, you had to wait to really sort of establish yourself. What what are your memories of of that 12 15 month period at Wigan?
2: Yeah, there was, you know, Pat Richards, Amos Roberts, Cameron Phelps. There was quite a lot of, you know, experience in the team there. And I was just learning off, off them, watching what they do day in, day out. And, you know, I think any kid who was coming up through the Wigan system, as soon as they got the opportunity, they'd, they'd take it. And they wouldn't look out of place because everything from first team to academy, you do the same. So it's just as soon as you've got the opportunity to go in, you just got to give it your all. And, you know, I, I waited my me, waited me time and... You know, uh, Madge came into the, into the, into Wigan and said that I need, I need you to play, but you need to go on loan for a bit. So I went to Blackpool Panthers. What well, did you go there for Yes, yeah, so I was there for far three weeks. Not far from Charlotte. Yeah, not too bad. Did you live in Blackpool for no, three weeks? No. I only traveled. It was oh, only, a wait, I think it was only at Wednesday nights we trained. Fishing
1: chips every night. Yeah, <laughs> way back. Big Dipper every day. <laughs> Donkey, rock. good, good times. Yeah, yeah,
2: so I was at Blackpool for a couple of weeks and then, uh, I got a phone call off Madge saying, "Listen, you, because I still trained at Wigan," he said. "Oh, whole okay, Care interested in you. Would you mind going up there?" So I was like, "Yeah, not a problem." So I went up there. I trained Wigan Monday to Wednesday. Then I lived with Liam Colburn up oh, yeah. there. So you killed yeah, it there, didn't you? Yeah, I spent six five weeks up there. Yeah. My debut was against Leeds. so I was playing centre. Not didn't really play centre for a while, and I played centre against Keith Senior. yeah. But your, your try scoring record, and I kind of answered my own question about, you know, the truffles and you being a, a
0: try pick, because you were, right? And, and I think, correct me if my numbers are wrong, but 172 games, I think you played for Wigan, and he scored 164 tries. I yeah. Mean, I that's, think... that's 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 some return. John. It's nearly as good as me, though. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, does it wear off, or like the, the feeling of, of scoring a try and, like, from your first 10 and 20 and 30, you know, into the hundreds, and, and still now when you're doing it in your early 30s? Uh,
2: yeah, I'm still. I still I still like doing it. I still like seeing my name on the score sheet. It's, uh, like I say, it's my job to score tries. I'm, I'm a winger. And, you know, there's a lot of other things that wingers do, but, you know, finishing off the, you know, the players that we're putting on and getting over the whitewash, it is it's good touch. Mm. Th- those names that you mentioned, the, the grounding that you had at Wigan, and um, like you spent
0: some some fantastic and some really successful years there, but the Pat Richards, the, the Sam Tompkins, the, the, the Sean O'Loughlins, what did they kind of instill in you as in a young Josh Charlie?
2: They kept everyone grounded. I know there's, like, say you you're all together. The togetherness there was probably the best I've had. But at the minute, I'm at least it's on a different level. The togetherness we've got, the brotherhood that there's that Lammy's putting in there. But going back to Wigan, yeah, there was just a, everyone worked hard. There was that mentality where you you work hard, you play hard, and you know you get the reward at the back of it. And everyone just ripped in. There was no. There was no backward steps being taken in training, and and it proved that in, in the games that that wow, Wigan was so successful. So, you know, being a part of of that team and and learning off, likes so, of you know Lockers was so good, and you know with with Pat Richards, he'd, he'd take his time out to, you know, speak to us, me, Steph Marsh. There was a few other like younger boys who were coming through. It, he'd take his time out just to like guide us and and you know, put his, his touches into us, and you know it's. Very, I'm very privileged yeah. of but why, why do you think,
0: Mark, they were so successful? I mean, John was. Josh was there for six years from 10 to 16. Yeah. You know, a well, lot of
1: I, I left just before Madge arrived, but from the outside looking in, I got the impression it was quite a, a flat structure. It didn't seem to be a big hierarchy of senior players, captain all the way down to lower players. It seemed to be everyone was quite similar on yeah. the same level. There was, there was no egos. It was all about working hard and everyone spending time together. and. Mm. Um, mentioned Sean O'Loughlin, one, one of the best players I've played against and with. He was, I think he was made captain at probably 24, 25. He was quite yeah, a young, young. man when he was made captain. And I think having a young man as a leader who could add links to the younger players was really key because it was just um, a very very together club where everyone ripped in together and uh, giving trust to the younger players is important as well. And like Sam, when he came through, he was given a lot of trust, Fars mo- Mossup, a lot of trust was given to the young men rather than just teaching from above and having the senior players lead. Mm. Um, and it's the, the, the success that Wigan had during those years was, was brilliant. And they, I think in 2010 and 11, they changed the way the game was played. Yeah. The style of rugby defensively in an attack was, was very different than they'd been seen for a long time. 10, 13, 16, you won Super
0: League. So like your first season as a pro, like you you win that you win the biggest prize right you then added the 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 challenge cup in 11 and yeah. and 13 so so you won absolutely everything what when you think back to those great wigan teams that you played in what what was the one not necessarily
2: the best wigan side but the one that you're most fond of because it evolved over 6 years didn't it yeah probably my debut year you know being lucky enough to get the opportunity to play you know making a debut for my own town and you know having that trust from the from my lads and from the coaches, you know, to go out there and do the job. So probably, yeah, 2010, 2011 was, you know, my favourite years. Mm. But like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to still be playing it. I'm I'm yeah, really enjoying it now still.
0: But do, do you take that for sort of granted? Does it change you in the sense that my first year as a pro, I've won it? You know, do, does that take any hunger away at all?
2: No, you want it again. Like, as soon as you get the success of Silverware, you, you want it every year. And, you know, Flash has been lucky enough to win it. And, you know, the, being a part of... You know, your mates working day and day at hard as to, you know, to get that silverware. That's what you want and, you know, that's what you get paid to do. And twenty sixteen as well, I'm thinking, you know, scoring that, that try in the in the grand final. What what were the emotions in, in your last game there? Yeah, very high. You know, I was I was leaving my team to, you know, try a different challenge and, you know, I was lucky enough to score in the final and yeah, it it hit home. I got goosebumps straight away. It was it was probably one of those tries where I'll probably never forget. Mm. A big part of your
0: story, Josh, is obviously going to sell sharks, right? And you knew we were going to talk about this and and going over to Rugby Union. Sort of rewind to the point where that became a thing and then you knew it was going to happen.
2: Uh, I just wanted a change. It was one of those where, you know, I've been lucky enough to be at Wigan and I was driving every day the same route, going home the same way. And it was just like I needed to challenge myself Uh, and, you know, Rugby Union... Was showed a bit of interest, and I was like, umming in and into to my missus, my family." I didn't really tell anyone. I kept it quite close because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I hold things close to my chest and not really tell people. So, I didn't really tell them for like a few weeks that I might be leaving. So I, I was going up. I was literally going. I was finishing training. And I was driving up to the Lake District, just for like a, an hour or two, just to get away from just, just to think. Just to think, yeah, and just to get away. It was just one one of those where I was like, "To the missus, I'll." I'll I'll speak to you in a bit buff to form us off and i'd yeah. go yeah just to clear my mind it's one of those it, it was a massive decision for me and uh you know i've been lucky enough to you know playing that team and you know, i could have stayed there and and won more silverware or but there was something in me that i wanted to, to test myself and never played rugby union before new mates it was it was just all ticking boxes for me and yeah you know, i was i was i was up in the late district and i made a decision on the way back that. I was gonna leave Wigan. Did he get out the car or did he get did you get on a boat in Amble side and ball? go around the river? I think a few roundabouts for about an hour. Yeah. Was, yeah, just no, I pulled over in a lay by and I was just like, right, I'm gonna do it. That's a long way to go just to pull over a lay by and yeah. drive back. You didn't, no, you didn't yeah, get out I for a nice hike or something. Yeah, I went up to Coniston. Oh, oh did you? Uh, yeah. Lovely, old man. Yeah, I love it up Coniston. So yeah, and then I was driving back and I was literally pulled in. I thought, I, you know, I'm I'm gonna do it. So then I rung my agent, I was like, Yep, yeah, let's get the ball rolling.
1: Was there any opportunity to go to Union? Prior to that, because I, I remember the, there was rumors for a while, wasn't
2: there? Yeah, there was. There was quite. I think it was twenty fourteen. Right, right, yeah. They were. Uh, they was interested in me. It was Arthur Yeah. But because uh, I was at such a high with with being in such a good team, I, I was like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not leaving. Mm. But then you know, a little bit older you get, opportunities come around, and you think, am I going to be too old to take this opportunity again? And
0: but winning silverware can't be
2: boring, as right? No, a lot it's of people not. would say, well, why would you want to leave a winning machine like that? Yeah, but I just needed to test myself. It's one of those where if something comes along, I'll, I'll try it. So mm. uh, yeah, it was I'm glad I did it. I, I'd have regretted it if I said no and, and not tried it. Is, is that the kind of person you are? Just before we even talk about sale, that you
0: you. Um quite introspective in that sense that yeah you know you need that time to yourself and you you know you you, i find that that's
2: was quite a therapeutic experience but do you do that have you done that throughout your career yeah i do get away i like fishing i like going away fishing i like turning my phone off yeah i'm i'm quite i like being peaceful i don't like getting nagged or i know is that from your wife or just people yeah no No, she's good to be fair but yeah, i like i like my own space i don't know if that's just Because it's so, life's so hectic, you you know, you're you're bashing each other day in, day out, you're, you know, you're with your mates all the time, it's just that time where you can just go, switch off, not think about what you're going to be doing the day after or what you've got to do, it's
1: just... Yeah, a reset when you do that.
2: Yeah, it is, there's, Mm. it's just my time where I can go, all right, shoulders are down, Relax. Because not everyone
0: just... likes that, and some people can't handle their own thoughts you know, and yeah. too, on, on too much. I mean, you, you don't get that because you go back and you got kids and you missus them and whatever. But it's, it's, your own silence can be quite powerful at times, right?
2: Yeah, I'm, I've to be fair, I've done it all the way through my career. I've I've always liked my own space. I used to go up to a farm and just. Sit on hair bells at the farm near me where I lived, just, just watch the f- all the car The farmer, yeah, just let me do it. I used to yeah. help him out I, with landing. Someone like security labs go up no, nice, it's, yeah. it's Josh, it's sorry, 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 stroking Josh. a pig, it's <laughs> three, <laughs> three three Josh morning. driving tractor, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, he used to let me go up there and you know, just it was just somewhere I could get away from. It was only 10 minutes, it was only at Rivington, so it was only 10 minutes from where I lived. Mm. But it was just so peaceful. You was up, eye looking out, there were no one in fields. I'd just go around driving a little tractor, just Checking on out lovely, up the pike, yeah, up the pike. Lovely yeah, so I like I say, I've always been probably like a, a bit of a solo person away from from rugby.
1: I think it's 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 really important that for people to like have time to gain some perspective in their life. You can yeah. get bogged down in like social media yeah. or irrelevant stuff. What's happening on the telly or whatever. I think that that a few moments in in your week of having a bit of serenity, a bit of time, a bit of peace and quiet. Is really key, and it lets you probably prioritise what's going on in your life. Has has that ever
0: made people sort of misunderstand you? Then they think you're a bit different, and whatever. Because you know, not everyone is is like
2: that. No, at the beginning of, of me and my missing relationship, she thought I was seeing someone else. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She she was following like, you to the farm. Yeah, she's she just like, a pig down the Why? phone. Why do you keep turning your phone off and like, I was like, listen, it's just who I am, what I do, and then yeah, she's. I still do it now. I still, I'll still go home and
1: turn my phone off. Not. I bet not you're a better husband and dad when you, after you've done that, though, aren't
2: you? Yeah, because. You don't need it. You don't need your phone. Like mm-hmm. I, only, I only go on it now just to check what, what time I'm in morning for a treat for a bit of treatment. No, but yeah, it's one of those where you can just go home. You can spend more time with your kids. The phone will come out of the drawer when the kids are in bed, and yeah. Yeah. it's just one of those where you're not glued to it. You miss so much of your day scrolling through your phone. It's I just like say, um I don't know if it's just me or the way I've been brought up. I just like to come back down to work. I find bit. that
0: really interesting because I'm in exactly the same camp. I don't have any. Distractions, wife, misses, uh, kids, or whatever. But we are a generation. Even I I'm in a different generation to you, ten years older than you. But you know, at 31, I find interesting someone talks like that because you just see people head down in phones, and if you've got then kids running around and misses, and then a phone, you you would never have any time to be no. introspective or to think about things. And they they have completely taken over our lives. I hear people now who have like. Wi-Fi routers that turn off at 10 o'clock at night. So you actually can't go on. Obviously you can on a phone with, but you know, you can't on your iPad or your laptop, yeah. go on, go online. It feels like we, we actually have to make sort of interventions. Otherwise we are going to be completely absorbed. And where, where are we going to be in 10 years with this like piece of glass, 10, is that 10 inches, Mark? This sort of 10 inch piece. Someone, two, told me that was, no, someone told me that was 10 two. inches. No, no, it's, I'm pretty sure it's 10 inches. Wow. But where, where, where are we going to be without these things? I know. You know, we'll be in a better place, right?
2: I'm
1: but, hoping they'll go full circle and we'll be a bit more it's like not, Josh. That was it. Yeah, but I hope that that's the case where mm. we kind of we, we we thrive human interaction rather than interaction on a digital uh, tablet. Just, have you noticed that in? Because you only retired a couple of years ago, Mark. Have you, have you
0: noticed that in, in dressing rooms? Have you noticed that we're just like a, and within sports organisations, they're just everyone's overstimulated. Everyone yeah. is obsessed with with the phone and, and obsessed with the social media side of things.
2: Yeah. I remember when I was at Warrington, a few of the young kids, they wanted blue ticks. They were trying everything just to get a blue tick, you know, like it's crazy. Name well, names. No, I can't. Blue tick dick. It's, par- it's powerful stuff. Is, it? Is yeah. that what you get? <laughs> Is that what you chase?
0: But now you can buy a blue tick, right? Which That's makes right. The, the, the world even... More the, it it yeah. the, whole, the, whole,
1: the whole idea of wanting validation yeah. from a social media company to feel some kind of worth, yeah. It's ridiculous. But it's, it's the same it's, thing as buying yeah. the trainers that you see on someone that you really yeah, like down I'm, the road. I know, but it's just—it's when you think about it, it's ridiculous. It's it's just kids it. these days, though, not Yeah, it? yeah it's, but it's, that's the society and what's important. But it shouldn't—no one should really give a shit.
0: But that's why uh, I don't know. I, we've gone down this route, but I like it. But you know, so there's so much kind of, you know, undiagnosed ADHD and all this stuff because people's attention spans are so short because what? of what they're being faced. Mark is one of them. He's bro, in my bro, generation. <laughs> But be- because of how they consume media on their phones, people can only last, and this is not the real we going, I can only last a few seconds. I'm not mm. in that way. It's true though, isn't it, Mike? Yeah. It. You see, it. see it, see it in business, see it in sport. Anyway, back to Rugby Union. Um, mm-hmm. So sell sharks, this comes along. Yep. Y- you're a chorley boy. Let's get all the cliches out of the way. You're looking at me and you're listening to me talk. Josh, I can see it. You're thinking, who's this posh fucking wanker? Why is he asking me these questions? Um, I'm thinking that as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, and even no, though, maybe a couple of, couple of decades, not as so long mm-hmm. as that. Um what was it like that first day that you walked into Carrington at Sale and, you know, had a chat with people who without swe- sweepingly generalising from different backgrounds?
2: Yeah, you. no, it was good. It was, uh, you know, the different nationalities there, the different cultures. It was it was good just, you know, going and learn new friendships, learn new habits, what people are up to. And, you know, there was two, when I signed there, my nan said, oh, there's two distant cousins who were, who were there, the Tom and Ben Curry."
1: Are they distant cousins? You
2: yeah, know? so they're on on my family tree. So really? when I went in, I just terrorised them. too. what oh, did you? Yeah, but no, it it was good. you Did know, they like, know they were distant cousins? Because yeah, you yeah. are from Chorley, and they're from yeah. like Lancaster. They're <laughs> from Nantwich.
1: <laughs> Nantwich. Or was that south? Yeah, it's like no. Cheshire. 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 Yeah, down there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so they're on the family tree. So it was just one of those where there was a few Wigan boys there. To be fair, you know there was Mike Forshaw with her, Paul Deacon with yeah. her. So Matt,
1: w- was Matt Pete though? No Matt to-
2: Pete when I signed at Warrington he went that year. Oh, okay. Right. So yeah there was a few Wiganers there and it just it was just it felt like home a little bit you know there was I was in there I was like a new boy in school you know trying to make mates and.
1: There's still your lunch money. Yeah. Did yeah. did you feel like the, it, the it could be for you? Me.
0: Was there ever a point you just wanted to turn around in the Carrington car park and be like I'm back to league you know? Nah. Did, no. You did feel kind of at home then, because yeah. I know a lot of people that we've spoken to, um, George Ford as well. Mark obviously he's had a you know a northern and a league upbringing, and then spent his life in Union. But he, yeah. the, you know, he's illustrated there are ma- major differences in terms of socialising and so on, and and the type of people that. They're yeah, they the, said. But we're talking about sale in the it's, north. It's, we're not talking a, about. We're not yeah, talking but about.
1: Yeah, it's a different, different backgrounds, but they're still the same kind of people at heart. Yeah, um, that's what that's the the rugby union lads I know. They're Still, blokes still laugh at the same stuff, they still train the same way, they still like socializing. Mm. It's just they're from a different part of the world, and that's it, really.
2: Yeah, yeah. I got them all into Wigan Pier. Did you? Yeah, <laughs> oh, no. I brought them in. Did you? <laughs> Is Wigan yeah. Pier still a thing? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Put a donk on it. Yeah, so it was my time in the gym, so every, every other week there was a new vogue. Got played on the speaker, and I thought, oh, you, yeah, know, you cool. know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put some Wigan Pier on. So I oh, put MC Finch on, and I'm not kidding you. I still get videos now of the lads in the gym Wait, What do they still put it on? They still put it on. So Respect. There's know. me
0: thinking you took Steve Diamond down to Wigan Pier. Like, I actually got them into it. Nah, they Wigan love Pier. it. Yeah. they love it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> they were the thinking, who's this this Chorley boys coming with this know, Wigan full Pier? Bouncing around <laughs> the
2: players. <laughs> All these new tunes. <laughs> yeah, they love it. But like I said, they, they still play it now. So it's yeah. yeah. a bit of me still left there. In terms of the game, Union, had you had any experience at that not, point? Not. No? How, not. how did they think it was going to work and how did you think it was going to work on the pitch? I thought it was going to be easy. To be fair, I didn't find it too hard. It were just the rules
1: that played with me a little bit. It's the subtleties in Union. That yeah, so the like the small,
2: challenge. like, so I thought I got a turnover once, I give away a penalty. So I was like, because I didn't release, I just banged him and then... Your men are like let go to get over the ball, yeah. Where I just hit him and bump flopped on the ball. <laughs> I was like, stuff,
1: so I was like, yes, you uh, high fives, nice no,
0: against you. I was like, Fuck. but had they not sent you the sort of the dummies' guy to 15 a side or something before? Yeah,
2: like, they, you... they caught, they did, put in the moment, you think you, you don't really think that you? you bump, you're like that quick, yeah. But yeah, I was looking enough to play a few games and you know, I played a few reserve games, it was just.
1: They have massive squads, don't they, as well? Yeah, I think so there's, there's like lots
2: 48 of forty sh- eight lads in the team at the time. So mm. as
1: good as you were in in league and then trying union, there's lots of other good wingers that's fine for competition. Yeah. So if, if in a in a particular game you give a, cup, a penalty away like that or you might miss um, a move or something because of your inexperience in the game you'll be out the next week. And yeah. Some, some of the highly talented player will be in.
2: Yeah, because they had international wingers as well in the team. So it was one of those where I was still learning the game, but then they had like Marlon Yard, who, were, who was international. And, you know, James O'Connor could play on the wingers. Denis yeah. was there, yeah. That's so. a good name. I
0: mean, they, they have always had some good names set, haven't they? But, you yeah, know, yeah so now.
2: it was one of those where it was, if I did anything wrong, yeah, yeah. You're back to you know, cleaning the corns and, and washing people's boots. So
0: whose idea was it from a sales side of things? Was it Steve Diamond who said, let's go and get Charlie. I know I can make yeah, this work. Yeah, I
2: think so. Yeah, Deeks. I think Deeks had a, a bit of a say on it as well. So it was just one of those where, you know, the opportunity coming, I'm, like say, I'm glad I took it because I've met some you know mates for life. And it's one of those where I won't look back and regret what I've done. Mm. What was your relationship with Steve Diamond like? Uh, quite hard. He's quite a hard-faced bloke. Uh, says it how it is. It's one of those, well, he's a coach and he wants best for his team. And it's probably one of those where I didn't really get much time with him because, you know, he was he was director, so he obviously in everything. So, you know, but, you know, the relationship with Deeks and Foch was like no other. I was with them all the time trying to learn. And it was more the players really who try and coach me into playing. It was, you know, Fosh and Deeks would tell me a bit of a guideline of it all. Dimes would just say, right, you need to be this, this, this. And then I'd be like learning off James O'Connor and Mike Haley, who were who the fullbacks, so would just you know, put me in place. And
1: Was Brian Redpath there as well, the head coach? No,
2: it was before, I think, yeah. No. yeah. Was
1: that frustrating to not have a a relationship with the head coach when you're probably the player most in need to, to be taught and to kind of understand and want to learn the coach's thoughts?
2: I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't really see it any different you know I just been there just been chucked in it was like learn the code i know I, it's not really much different you're only playing with two extra men aren't you and it was just one of those where i thought i could probably get away with, with playing and the games i played in that i enjoyed it, it were was, it was the one game i played though i didn't touch ball you know 80 minutes
1: you didn't touch the ball for 80 minutes how no. does that work though
0: for someone who's I was, so just running,
2: I was just running everywhere it was just a forwards game it was scrimmaging just forwards bashing each other yeah, one game I played.
1: And really. you did make a tackle at least.
2: No, I just run everywhere, Bob. <laughs> you you didn't make a tackle. Yeah, good felt a million dollar yeah,
1: that,
0: that that must have been frustrating in terms of when we talk about numbers and I know yeah. you, you know, you're like a goal scorer in football, you you, you build your career on numbers, right? Yeah. 164 tries and 172 games, whatever, at Wigan. And then suddenly, I think was it was four in 30-odd appearances for, for Self yeah. Sharks. You're watching other people in the in the team as well. You must have been thinking, this is this is not what I do. I'm but b-. you see in,
2: in the game, you think, when you review your game, you're like, it's a 1v1 though, give me that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, if you get turned over there, it's like, but I'll burn him. Like, but they didn't really see it in me, like. So they didn't play to your strengths? No, well, you'd think, a league, you're going into Union, you think there's that much space, play with it. But yeah. they don't see that. They want to play when there's people around you, so. Is it
1: too got... risk averse? Well, like, they don't want to take those risks because they're thinking of the bigger bigger picture. Yeah, if you get turned league. over, yeah. possess- it's all about possession, isn't it? So, mm.
2: yeah, but my, like I said, my mindset was like, there's a two V one, take that. Like, But they were like, no, we're going to play back into the middle and- kick long, play short. Like. Is, is that because when I read that you said you, you, uh, your overall time that you're
0: glad you, you did it but you didn't feel invested in. Is that, is that what you mean when you, when you think that they didn't they didn't get the best out of you and they didn't really listen to how you could have scored more Yeah, trials? it was
2: one of those what saying, where you, you didn't really get much from, from them. It was just one of those where you went out, you trained and I felt like I was just one of the squad players but where I, really I needed to probably be pulled aside. Listen, don't go in that. Just watch how it's been being ran and yeah, it was. I like to say it was frustrating, but I did learn like, from from the players and you know from from Deeks and Fosch. Was the idea when you went there and be
0: honest to um, you know when you'd, you'd seen so many you'd seen obviously Jason Robinson, you know Andy Farrell, you seen players that had switched codes and and actually had made a huge impact on the on the national team as well. Was the idea to be playing at Twickenham?
2: Yeah, I wanted to be a, a dual player. I wanted to play you know, for England for league and union, but. Yeah, it weren't it weren't possible.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that, but because you you're a confident lad and you, and you've always backed yourself, and I'm not saying it's that a regret, but that's the one thing really on an amazing career that you thought that you you could have probably should have had that right, and it, and it might have worked. At, who knows? It might have worked at Leicester Tigers, or it might have worked at another rugby union club.
2: Yeah. Possibly, yeah. The, I think it was my last game. I, I got mad a match. I played really well. Scottish I watched that Rye. game. Yeah, yeah, it was London Irish, yeah. it was. Mm. And then since then, I just didn't get picked, and he was just saying there's <clears throat> more international players. I didn't know if the, in the game, you, you got paid more if you played more internationals. I didn't know. I don't know if that's a rule or not. But someone one of the players said, oh, I think yeah, if you play more internationals, is. you get more money. Yeah, so, yeah. At the time, because I weren't international, they'll play more international players. So... Mm. Just one of those where I went in. And I said to him, "What, what's happening?" And he was just like, "I need to play." I was like, "I think I'm, I'm, gonna go." Mm.
0: Were, were you missing
2: league at that stage? Yeah, just because. It, the, I thought my mindset then was like, "I'm, I'm missing out on silverware. I'm missing out on, you know, enjoying it a little bit." Because at the time, I was just training for nine weeks before that. I was just going in training, lifting weights doing Bronco test and then going home, you know. But then I was just going home, I, was, I worked myself. <clears throat> and, and I said to the missus, I said, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna jack. And she was like- Is there a trip to the Lake District or the Peak District?
0: <laughs> <or> did <you laughs> the, where did you make this decision? No. quick one. traffic
1: centre.
0: Traffic Top
1: tree golf. Ca- careers are too short to yeah. not enjoy playing and, and be a quality player on the sideline. Mm. I remember speaking to, to Sam Burgess after his year in union. Mm. And he played in the World Cup. He got a load of shit in the press. And then he said he came back. He had a few dramas with the coaching staff and the club. And he played a game. And he must have touched the ball a couple of times. Made a few tackles. And he looked at himself and said, what What are you doing? You're getting paid well, but you're probably getting paid well in the league as well. Yeah. What are you doing? You're not enjoying it. And you're trying to prove people wrong that you can make it in this game. But why are you trying to prove people wrong? You were
0: scapegoated big time as yeah, well. Yeah,
1: he was scapegoated. Yeah. But he was like, I, 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 he wanted to prove the press wrong. But he's like, why? He's not enjoying it. He doesn't get him going. And no doubt, if he carried on playing Union, he would have made a success of it, like Josh probably did if he'd been at a club that given him opportunities. Mm. But you can try proving people wrong and make a statement. Because, or you can do what you love, which suits your game, which is what Josh did when he came back and what Sam did when he came back. But what's the answer then? It's, it's ego, it's pride. Yeah, it's and ego whatever. and yeah. pride, yeah. Or yeah. you can just do what you love and just not listen to outside noise and just concentrate on your life, your career, and make the best of it.
0: It's easy said than done. Not listening to outside noise, though, isn't it? Because you got nowhere near sort of what Sam got, and because he obviously played it twickenham in World, at World Cup, and and Stuart had a few things to say about him, and Rob Andrew did as well. But did did you did you read anything? Social media was obviously rising at this stage as well. Did did you
2: hear any of that noise? No, I tend to stay away from social media as long as I'll, I'll put some on, boom. Don't leave it. I don't read any comments. Just stay, try and stay away from it. And P- you, you're easy to get at and you're on Twitter yeah. or...
1: Did you want to prove Steve Diamond Rock and the club that you were better than playing every other week and that you, you, you could make a massive success of it? Uh, I
2: just... I don't know. I don't think so. I weren't that bitter that I weren't playing. I just wanted to play. Because I think I was a league coming in. I don't know if I could have gone on loan because I was asking to go on loan but it was like you can't. So I don't know if there was something in the clause, you know, because I'm a an outsider
1: KR and get some
2: games yeah back to Blackpool had <laughs> <Blackpool laughs> they got Bandit. fouled <laughs> yeah but uh no but it was just one of those where I I just had to think about me as a rugby league player I was devaluing you know not being in the circle or playing or you know being around a team that you know are striding to silverware it's just one of those where I thought right I need to you know I'm not enjoying it I want to know get back smiling again so
0: can you are you that type of person then that you can move on quite quickly you don't look back in anger you don't regret that period and you know if you don't you don't think like mm, what if you know would have should have could have and all that
2: no i'm as soon as it's done new page opens i'm i'm onto that mm. and how did that come about then the move back to
0: league and obviously with warrington did did, did you have to have an honest conversation with the guys at sale because you, you still had a contract right
2: yeah i still had a contract uh no i think literally warrington you know, I rung my agent, my agent rung me. I was fishing at the time. <laughs> he went, shock. Uh, yeah, shock. He Alone. Went, yeah, mate, I've got a, a deal here for you. I was like, yeah. He was like, Warrington are interested. That was a Thursday,
1: that was. To be fair, living where you live, you couldn't go back to a better club, really, could you? No. Because I knew was, like, going back to Wigan would have been good, but I suppose I always think it's better to to start a new journey, a new Yeah, chance. well,
2: in my deal, so Wigan had like a the first said, you know, like a clause. So if I wanted to come back to Billy and Clay, I could have said, yeah, we want you or not. So we rung Rad's, and Rad's was like, we've got Don Manfredi, Joe Burgess, Liam Marshall coming through, like we don't need another winger. So mm. Warrington come in and it was like, you yeah, know, let's do it.
0: But but given what had happened at Sale, how, how sort of determined were you to make sure that you picked the right club? Because at this point, I'm not saying you, you wasted, some great years, but you were sort of mid twenties when you were in yeah. your peak as a player. Yeah, and this next move had to be right for you, didn't it?
2: Yeah, I just wanted to, you know, get back playing again and meeting with, you know, Simon Moran and Steve Price at the time. It was just, it felt right. Was it all the free concert tickets and stuff that Simon could offer
0: and all the kids <laughs> <and things laughs> Yeah, that, that I've heard of about me. that.
1: No, uh, <laughs> well, Warrington's a perfect club. Yeah, hmm. it were
2: it were one of those where they were striving for silverware, they were pushing for, you know. I had a few mates there as well, which made it a little bit easy for me just to transition back to, to rugby league. And Mark, did
0: you tell Simon Moran to sign Josh? Because every every player that you've mentioned, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, other players, Simon's gone and
1: signed. You close sort of friend of his? He no, not really. To the close close big, big acquaintances, yeah. But from, t- from from Josh, it's a big club. It's near where he lives. It's not St Helens, which is a big rival. Yeah, they've always spent big and been a professional club off the field, playing in front of a good crowds, great stadium. So It was, would have been a no-brainer, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, it was good. They like said the meeting we had were really good. He, like I said, we met Simon at his at his uh, offices, me and my missus, and it just it just felt right. You know, when you leave a meeting and you think, yeah, mm-hmm. that felt right. Like just we got in the car. I was like, yeah, we'll we'll go ahead. And what was that like then? That first
0: time that you whipped on the the Warrington shirt, Halliwell Jones? How many tries did you get on your debut? Do you remember? Oh, I don't know. You scored though, didn't you? Yeah, I remember watching. I think it was you. against Widnes. But did did that suddenly feel like
2: what? Yeah, I'm what back. Are we doing? I'm back. Yeah, I'm like, back. yeah, I'm I'm just, yeah. There's no a... readjustment, was there? No. No. I'm still
1: game ahead round the full game with not touching the ball and not making a time Yeah, it's That's when I, I tell people that
0: you're like, how like, I don't know. But even the Sale fans must have thought as well. Like, you've gone back and you know, I, I don't know. We can get onto this later. Like falling out of love with sport or the game or life a little bit, whatever. Because yeah. it, because you weren't performing to your, your potential. But then even the cell Sharks fans have been watching that first Warrington game or well, that first season they'd be like, What? Yeah. He's got he's seamlessly just gone back to his
2: his Wigan levels. Yeah, it's just one of those where, like I was saying before, where you, you see space and you think, I need the ball here, but mm. you didn't you didn't get it. It was just the structures that they have in, in league to, oh, to union to leagues way different. So, yeah. Mm.
0: It it was the perfect move for you, and you and you had four years at, at Warrington. Yeah. Um what what memories of of being back in league and 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 those four years of of getting to major finals again and did 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 that make you fall in love with league and, and not just with league but with sport and your life again
2: yeah it was uh you know it it was something fresh going into you know warrington with you know the fans being as passionate as they are the owners being passionate you know the team was was together and you know we managed to get to the grand final that first year in 2018 and mm. it were uh you know, we we're building something good there as as a club. So, yeah, it was good to be a part of. Grand final in 2018. I remember
0: being in the little dugout for that one and 2019 Challenge Cup, which um, y- you won. But should that Warrington team have achieved more?
2: They say that every year, don't they? It's always a year. But yeah, I think 2018 was a good stamp to go at it. I fell a bit short and, you know, They've always signed well, Warren. So like I say, they've they've always got it there for the good the good players, and you know the the togetherness there was was good. It was like I say, we just fell short on, on that They were they were a really good team, a really
0: great set of players. Yeah, very talented
1: Set up. But you know
0: that that's always that's always something that's thrown. It's a sort of cliched argument that they didn't capitalise on silverware that they should have won. Yeah,
1: they've all, unfortunately in the league they've always been the nearly team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Cup they've they've, they've won the Challenge Cup a few times. It was interesting what Josh said then. When we mentioned Wigan and Lee, you would really uh, wax it lyrical about the brotherhood, the togetherness, the camaraderie. And then you said about Warrington it was it was good. Yeah. Was it like seven, eight hour ten and then Wigan and Lee's probably nine, ten hour ten <clears> in terms <throat> of that off the field mateship?
2: No, we had that at Warrington, you know, we we're lucky enough to have, you know, concert tickets. Everyone stayed together, but <clears throat> I think just within the training it weren't as physical as as what we have been at Wigan, you know. So you didn't
1: tra- train as out or standards and, uh, at the training ground probably were what you were used to at Wigan. And, yeah, and you no, they were, Wigan. they were
2: still high, but not as probably what you, mm. I'm known as for, you know, being a 16-year-old lad. To and
1: that can be the difference, because as, as we know, there's such fine margins in sport, and if you're playing against a Wigan or a Leeds or a Saints in a final and they're absolutely on it every day. They, they come in, they whack each other, they, they train hard in the gym, they run hard on the field. That difference between being pretty consistent and being on it every day, that, and that tells in, in a big match.
0: Yeah. And it is, especially after a long season when, you know, say you're showing form at, arguably the wrong time of the season when it comes to the the business end and you're into sort of playoff games and Warrington lost a lot of playoff games while you were there, didn't you? What would you and this is not my opinion at all, but what what do you make of, sort of the tags of in sport in general of, of bottle jobs? And you can look at it in football now with Arsenal and people having leads. And when you're expected to do something, you can't just keep, maintain form for a, a ten month period, can you? You know, it's no. going to it's going to dwindle at some point. But it just it seemed to happen at the key stages for Warrington.
2: Yeah, just you know, saying got down to like the final Bit of the of the piece and it just it just break on us. So what is that? What like why why does that happen? it probably white noise. Uh, you know, so it, I always Warrington's Year it was always thrown about. You know, we'll play some good rugby at the time, and you know the players we had were, were you know on form. It would just get into that the final details in the game, and you know things are going wrong for them. We we're putting the ball down in wrong places, and you know just like fine margins that are, are just. Make us crack a little bit, and you know, and, and other teams would capitalize on, on our errors and mistakes. So it's, it's hard not to listen to that noise.
0: I don't, you know, I mean, we talk about outside noise before, but collectively as a group, because that's the coach's job, right? Isn't it? To just make sure that, and I know it's easier said than done. Mark, you've been in those dressing rooms where it's like, don't listen to that that outside noise, but it's, it's impossible, is it? It can be
1: like a self fulfilling prophecy that you hear that much that you always bottle it, you always bottle it, and then you're in the situation when something doesn't go your way. I think there is an element of subconsciously. It's like you tell yourself that oh yeah we do always bowl it. Yeah. You can you can try and convince yourself over and over, but if it keeps happening year in year out, the, the, there could be an element of that. You know that 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 noise kind of coming true. So it uh, becomes contagious. Yeah, always. and I think I think it's it's important to have um, in those big games and to have um, great leadership in your key positions because your halves and your nine probably bring you home in those matches yeah. because your forwards always always rip in. Outside backs always take their opportunities, but I think that um, great, great halfbacks can can steer a team around the park and make those really important key decisions that can make the difference between winning and losing. And I, I'm a, a bit dubious whether during that period, Warrington might have had that in the in the key positions.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um, so in terms of leaving Warrington, Josh, what was that like for you? Was that something that you were sort of open to, and again, a new challenge? Daryl Powell came in, didn't he? And and you were, I remember you were playing pretty well, right, at the beginning of the season, but what he, you weren't for him, he wasn't for you. What, how did that decision come about to leave the Halliwell journey?
2: Uh I think it was, I don't think I did anything wrong. Uh, I was trading the Alistair and I was a new coach, brought a new system in, really enjoyed the way you put the plan to the lads. And yeah, we played, I think I played six games. I got banned for a trip, which, you know, wasn't a trip, but I got banned for it. And then ever since that, he just didn't see eye to eye with me, and that was it. I just so that was the that was the catalyst. That was the incident. Yeah, enough, yeah. It <laughs> wasn't think, a personality thing at the beginning. I don't or? know. I don't know. I don't know what he's thought of me. He must have. He must have seen something in me that he didn't like, or he just didn't have his head that I was a player for him.
1: Do you think mm. you were a, a scapegoat because team wasn't playing well? He had to make changes. He had to bring in probably you. you youth and some fresh legs. Do you think you were an easy target because you were a bit older uh, and-
2: Possibly, yeah, in my last year as well. So it might have been. You're still only what, 28, 29? Uh, 29, yeah.
0: But, but, you know, with still plenty of miles on on the clock. I'm always interested in that because, you know, it it happens in any walk of life with a boss, doesn't it? If, If for some reason, you know, we're not all supposed to get on. That would be a quite a weird, weird world if we all did. Or maybe it would be an amazing world, Mark. We'll never know. But And you would have had that as well. People that just aren't having you. You're kind of giving your, your full self to them and you're performing on the pitch, but they've got other ideas,
1: right? It can be really frustrating because you live and die by one person's decisions and that's the head coach. And no matter how well you play or train, if you're not in his plans, you're not in his plans. And I think having um, achieved all that Josh has achieved in his career, that must have been pretty tough to take, not being picked and... Probably out of favour when you might not have think you deserved it.
2: Yeah, like I said, I didn't really do anything wrong. I just we just didn't really see eye to eye. That was probably the biggest thing. And did yeah. he want you to explain that incident uh, and
0: and and like w- because it it obviously built from that one point that he couldn't get over that right. Most yeah, coaches would no. be like, "That's behind us. Next week, whenever you're back from your ban, let's go again." No, no, no. <laughs> no. Quite I feel yeah. like
2: there's something Josh isn't telling you. Then he sort of got that <laughs> no, and, it's not a glint in his it's eye. It's just probably what I don't get. So I can't really explain what- Because uh, you, you don't
1: really understand what happened there. Yeah, no. Is that yeah. somewhat harder that you don't know what happened? Or you don't know what you did wrong not to play? Is that harder in some ways than knowing exactly what yeah, someone you thinks-
2: th- You're thinking what, what have I done? Yeah. Is it me? Is it-, you it yeah, yeah, I overthink,
0: but- No, but that, I, I completely understand that. I mean, even in my walk of life, I've had that where, you know, on TV, you're not getting a certain show, you're not getting this, you're not getting this gig, you're not getting a new contract, whatever. And even though you think you're performing and you're in the peak of your years and whatever, you feel like you've sort of reversed over someone's dog in the car park, right? You don't know what, and you want an explanation. And you feel like even to sort of heal is the wrong way of putting it, but to move on, you
2: need an explanation, yeah? Yeah. <clears throat> no, I didn't get anything like that. Mm. So it is a bit frustrating, but I enjoyed my time though. It was just one of those where, you know, I, I created some memories with the boys and it was good that, you know, I got an opportunity to open another door. But that ended up, and be honest, Josh, that. I mean, was it the toughest point of your
0: yeah. career kind of off the pitch as well? It put you in a bit of a dark place?
2: Yeah, just because I've gone from being so high and coming in and not knowing what I was doing that day. You're going home, you're just feeling a little bit deflated. And you feel worthless,
1: don't you? Yeah. I've had it in my career where I've not been picked and where I think I've deserved it. And as a senior player who's, who's done quite a bit in the game, you feel like you, you can't contribute. And then off the field because you're so invested in your job, you do feel a bit worthless and you do f- probably kick stones a little bit and don't feel good about it. it. It feels
0: strange really to think that a 29, 30 year old Josh Charney there was, was thinking about retiring because that's exactly what you were going to do, yeah?
2: Yeah, I was going to bang up the boots and get the trial out.
0: Really? It would come to
2: that? Yeah, it was just one of those where I didn't, I didn't want to do it. It was one of those where I just felt I was going in just to train and that was it, nothing. I weren't getting any accolades or I weren't getting much from my day, if you know what I mean. I was just literally going in, lifting weights, playing against the team and then going home. Mm. And, that, and that's something that you contemplated going back to the building site, kind
0: of back to square one. That's yeah. quite a depressing way of sort of th- giving everything that you've given to the game. Yeah, it um, was. So, how, so how, how tough was it? And I'm not trying to sort of delve into things that you don't want to tell oh, us. No, but no, it's fine. But was it, was it a, a, a sort of testing period mental health wise as well?
2: Yeah, it's just because I've been I've been looking at playing some teams, and you think, why now? Why is it? Why is it happening now? Like I've I've got so much to give, and you're not getting anything from where you're at. So it was one of those where I thought, do I just bite the bullet now and you know, start a new life?
0: And and who did you have around you at this stage? Obviously, you know, you got the support of your misses and the family and so on. But who who was it you convinced you and, and said like, Josh, no.
2: Yeah. you've got more to give me agents you know my friends I say i'm quite tight i don't really tell many people i'm like so my mum and dad didn't know that i was going through all this so mm. it was one of those where i kept it bottled up but yeah my missus knew my agent knew and it was just one of those where. and sam tonkins as well sam tonkins was quite big he, i can tell sam anything and i know he won't tell anyone and sam had uh we had some phone calls he's like listen mate you've still got shitloads to give like you don't don't do this and is one of those where yeah if, i don't think if Sam weren't there I, w- I probably would have jacked in
0: i love that because you need people like that right whether they're friends or just people that can identify that this shouldn't be happening and you shouldn't yeah. be going down the, but had, had your confidence taken a massive knock
2: uh, i think so yeah i was i weren't the player i weren't the person i was who was one of those were You say i'm i felt worthless i was going in not doing not being up on the team playing you want to play every week you know it's it's your job
1: pride takes a massive hit, yeah it?
2: and then you then you start going into social media you you searching your name what's what's just oh you went today. down that rabbit yeah hole. so then i was in a hole i was like Fuck, what am i doing like i can't be looking at social media i can't be so that's why i was like right i'm, I'm done i'm i'm done really so that's i mean that's yeah it's
0: it's such an addictive thing to do that is a it's a self-sabotage right it's a self-harm you know you shouldn't be doing it but yeah. it gives you some weird little kick by doing it yeah. uh, and then makes you sort of have a gut-wrenching feeling in in your stomach it, i wonder why guys do that and like why you do that. Cause so many guys will be listening to this and thinking i do exactly the same thing they may they may still be building walls as bricklayers, but bottling things
2: yeah it's, it's not healthy eventually you have to blow your top in some way right yeah you've got a there's yeah i I do. I, mean, I probably had a massive cry when he misses. You know, it's one of those where I was like, "I'm a, I'm done." Like Josh Charles is no no longer a brand. It was one of those where I was like, "Right, get my tool belt out. I'm I'm ready." I, I was focused and my mindset had just changed. I was like, "Right, I'm gonna go into Brick Lane and change, hang the boots up, get the towel Because
0: that that's the crazy thing as well, in other sports, even if you wanted to retire, at, you know, Kevin De Bruyne wants to retire at 31. He retires and he doesn't do a single day. He sits on a yacht for the rest of his life. Yeah put this into some sort of perspective for everyone listening uh, that you know you, you wouldn't be able to be in a position like that even though you've been at the top of that game for years. Yeah. You need to earn, right? You've got to pay yeah, the mortgage. The mortgage got... isn't going to pay itself in,
2: in July. No, yeah. i still got to go out there and, and earn for the family. So, yeah, it doesn't stop the day after you retire. I'll, be, I'll be straight in that cabin.
0: It's such a theme though, Mark, isn't it? Because, you know, we've had Tim Lafayette on recently and that is kind of what tipped Tim over the edge and thankfully he's actually rebuilt everything. But, you know, he's in Australia and around COVID and his contracts get cancelled for whatever reason and, and he can't provide, he's got four kids, five now but four at the time and, and it, it can tip you to, you know, it's that, I mean, is it was it for you as well the fact that you're thinking I, I can't provide
1: for my kids, for my family and so on, it, it
0: as a man, you take a bit of a hit.
1: There's a lot, there's a lot of pressure on that for, for men or for whoever um, earns, earns the bread in the family. I think um, you've got a responsibility to, to I want to, I've got a responsibility to give my family a, a nice, safe, comfortable life, and I think our dads that yeah. did that for for each of us, and um, I I I I know I've um, I've got a responsibility to to, uh, to look after them. So um, yeah, I think if that's ever in jeopardy or under threat, it, it's just bound to kind of affect you in some way, and. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not a nice place to be in, I don't think. Everyone needs a friend like Sam Tompkins, right? Yeah. Right. Those little conversations can just be so powerful.
2: And the fact that you even look back at it now and sort of credit him for, for that. Yeah, he's, he's one of my close mates and I do speak to him probably most days. We we had this on one of Sam Powell's, uh, he's like, who do you speak to like from your team? I was like, I speak to Sam all the time and Lockers is like saying BS. He's like, you don't speak to him all the time. I was like, I do. Like Even when he was in New Zealand, I was still chatting to him. Like, just that friendship that, so Star has been there, and you know I'm I'm lucky enough to have him in my life. I, I guess it's also people that that listen to you, right? They're not that just
0: say this is what you should do. He, he would listen to you. And he would listen it, and he
1: would understand him. And yeah. that's, that's important. They know what you're like as a person. Know what you're like as a rugby player. What you can bring to a team, Um and th- they give you unbiased advice because they just want the best for you. Yeah,
2: they? yeah. He'd tell me to shut their up F- and yeah, mm. like. Slap like yourself in the face. I think you,
0: you want sometimes, you know, when things are, are down and dark, whatever, you want someone to, the, the way I've heard this put before, is to kind of sit in the mud with you, sit in yeah. the shit with you, and actually just listen to you rather than say, look, this is what you should do. And then you, 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 because only you can come to that decision yourself. You can yeah. have a million Sam Tompkins saying, look, go and sign for Lee, go and get your, your fire back million in your belly. million Sam Tompkins. That'd be an interesting world, oh, yeah. it? What? Well, that'd be a lot a of better tattoos, place, A better yeah. place or a worse
1: place? That'd be a better place, yeah. It'd yeah. yeah. be
0: a lot of facts. What Maybe not on that night with <laughs> Sam and Joel and whatever happened. Do we know well, the f- are you going to give us the full story on
1: that? Or, on what? No, Sam and Joel went and... Well, they, they, got, they got in trouble. in the that arse- oh, yeah, What yeah, was it? The, the arsehole pop. of Wig. Now, what was, yeah. the, what was the phrase? Uh, rectum of Wiggin. Wig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Great
0: story. <laughs> so go on, because I'm, I'm glad you've got this smile back in your face and, and you're in the form that you're in now with, with Lee. So how did that move come about for you?
2: Uh, I think Derek spoke to my agent and he was like, Want to get out now? I was like, yeah, let's go, let's get the ball rolling. Would you taking anything at this point? Just to you know, cause, you know the fact that you've <clears throat> when you decided you're going to go again, it's yeah.
0: like when you're when you're making this decision, are you thinking I've got something to prove, or is it to prove to yourself, or, or what's the thought process?
2: I just wanted to be in a team where I felt wanted. Uh, you know, and the conversation I had with Derek and Lammy and Chesney were just like, yeah, it's it's good. They had a great, like, you know, the team they had last year. You know with Fergie being in there, just people that I watched on telly, and you think I'm going to be training with him next week. Yeah. Just the caliber of players they had, it were. It was he good. was he's a bit mad he? He's bonkers, mate. Yeah, but uh, good bonkers. Yeah, but being in the team, you know, it, I went there. We had me and Lammy had a conversation. I was like, I don't want to come from straight from Super League. I don't want to walk straight into your team. I want to sit back, I want to find my love again for the sport, which Lammy understood. Me and Lammy had a good, we had a good relationship. We still do, you know. He's, he'll say who it is, and he'll want the best out of you and the team. And I think the way we're playing, he's he's getting the best out of every individual that's, you know, in in the team. And from one to I think oh like twenty nine players, I think we've got. There's no, like I said, you know, we're on about Wigan. Everyone's on the same page. There's no, there's no one taking any step forward or backwards. Everyone's riding this wave together, and you know, I think we're enjoying each other's time. So you just said it there yourself, finding the love for the game again, yeah. like do,
0: doing it slowly, right? Just, yeah. Because you've had to maybe do that a couple of times even when you came back from sale. Yeah. But describe the love affair for us now. What, what's your your sort of feelings towards rugby league? Are you ripping their clothes off? Is it passionate? What is it like? How how big is this love? In,
2: in yeah, I've just got the buzz back. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm playing with a smile on my face. I'm, you know, just finding like that I've, I'm coming to the end of my career now. I'm 31, you know, 32 this year. And I'm thinking, right, I want to keep going. I'm feeling fit. I'm probably the fittest I've been, probably most of my career. And you know, I've still got a lot to give. So I
1: want to. I want to keep going. And can we touch on that because looking at you and having played against you, you do look leaner and, and probably as quick as you've ever been. I saw an interview with Lammy who said the same thing. You, you were ripping up trees in pre-season. Yeah. Have you taken a different approach to your career um, now? You're getting on a bit because a winger if it's not fast and in good shape, you're not playing it. Yeah. So important, those those, those physical attributes um, t- to be quick and agile. What What have you done differently or, or, or how has your mindset changed?
2: Uh, I just, to be fair, pre-season, I just did CrossFit. Uh, I've, most pre-season, you would do running, you know, loads of running to get got under my Bronco test and I stayed off running. I just literally did CrossFit and I come back way much fitter, way much stronger than than I've ever done in, in all my career. So I don't know if it was, you know, just different movements of the, moving a bar around, barbells. It was just something that I've never tried before and, you know, I gave it a good going, but we had a good crew in, in pre-season. There was a few of the boys who were coming from Warrington, a few of the lads who was already at Lee wanted to do CrossFit. So we had like a good little uh, AM crew. So it was good to train with you. and Sam Paul were there, Brad Singleton were there as well. So it was like a good mix of the lads like just training together. And Mark, you've watched him because last season he was absolutely brilliant and you know Lee
0: were as well and surprised a lot of people and this season he, he's absolutely flying again as we record this in 23.
1: Yeah, well, looking at the stats, I think you're leading try scorer in, in Super League which is a testament to his finishing ability but also a testament to that left edge at Lee because yeah. they play so much there but obviously Josh, Josh takes all his opportunities. But more significantly for me it's probably his, his backfield carries and I think he's up the top one or few in terms of metres per game or average metres per game because... The role of the modern-day winger isn't just to score tries; it's to get his team on the front foot. And being such a big, athletic man, he's, he's able to do that. It's so important for for teams to to have wingers that can add that to the side and carrying the ball as well as finishing. So, um, yeah, I think it's a testament to Josh's mindset that having been in such a dark place last year to to to, to be playing the way he's playing now is is brilliant. And um, yeah, and I, I was I was driving over today thinking of. Ryan Giggs was really um, innovative in his towards his, the end of his career. He picked up yoga because he he knew that his body probably wasn't able to to do the stuff it had used to do without some extra care and attention. And um, Josh's figure that he's in now is probably a testament to how he's looking after himself off off the field and getting his sleep in with his with his whoop pop and yeah. the CrossFit in the off season. I think it's you have a responsibility to to be in the best shape. You can be, Um he's, he's obviously doing that. But that's fascinating
0: to me because, you know, there was a point where you accepted going back to the building site, right? And you were going to be done at twenty nine thirty. Yep. Whereas now you're going to do everything you can to, to gulp up every single second that you've got left and, and maybe a few more years than you thought. You say you're coming towards the end. Yeah. Has that changed your mindset completely? And when is the end for you? You've still got three years at least, haven't you?
2: I hope so. I've got another year left at, uh, at Lee. I've got my testimonial next year, then hopefully uh, Derek will get the checkbook out and I'll sign Big checkbook <laughs> <laughs> Or a
1: little suitcase of cash. Yeah. No. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, really good. <laughs> be really no, nice. but
2: yeah, I'm, like I say, I'm feeling probably the best I've felt in in years and, you know, like with a whoop, I'm, I'm monitoring things, I'm taking supplements that I've never took before and I'm staying hydrated. Hydration, I've never, I'd never, you know, drink three or four liters of water a day. Mm. Now I'm, I've got a bottle here, I'm, I'm sipping like electrolytes. I'm just, it's just the one percenters that, you know, adding to, I don't drink caffeine in the afternoon
1: anymore, mm-hmm. so. I listened to a podcast with, I think it was Dr. Tim Walker on Joe Rogan, and th- he's a sleep doctor. Matthew he, Walker. Matthew Walker, mm. Tim's brother. Yeah, Getting mixed up all the time. <laughs> um Anyway, he, he was saying how vital sleep is for longevity, healthy life, yeah. uh, performance, cardiovascular fitness, a million things, it's really interesting. And I remember think I think I text Paul Wellens and said you should listen to this and and um, show that show the the science lads because as a professional athlete sleep and hydration is so important and yeah. you're probably reaping all the the benefits of that now
2: yeah so like I say I don't have caffeine in so if I have coffee at three o'clock I'd be still buzzing at ten but now I'm um, my cut offs midday anything in the afternoon because I like social coffee after training lads will go for coffee I have a decaf like that's it I don't do any caffeine but like hydration I'm I'm doing as much as, I don't like drinking fizzy pop anymore. I'm like, I'm big into my eye I love that fizzy pop. Yeah. yeah. i bad on Diet Cokes. Like you'd think, oh, it's only Diet Cokes, nothing in it. Yeah. But like, I'm watching what I'm eating. I'm like, just trying to, like see it's just fine tuning little things. More so than ever, because you know the end's in sight. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to, I don't want to get injured. And you know, it's one of those where I'm trying to keep my body as healthy as possible and, and fit as possible and pull some couple more years out of these but legs I
0: th- but i think even obviously you guys have always thought like that one maybe not rugby league collectively as much because he still won and, and i've always said this to Mark. I just, um, just imagine and obviously it wouldn't be the same game but if no one drank alcohol at all and he didn't go out for these big old sessions on a th- friday night after a thursday game or whatever yeah. and it started again on monday what those marginal gains that would be. That no, that I, know, have been I, know, I know i know you, no, I know you need not. them so on, but i'm just thinking even joe blogs on the street now is wearing a weep the, by the way this podcast is not sponsored by a weep even though mark is wearing one oh, and no, josh yes. is wearing one but if we, if, if we, we, we can get it sponsored if you yeah are, we would we like a sponsor listen. if anyone yeah. wants yeah. to sponsor us <laughs> anyone all <laughs> Any, do roan josh chips in witness we'll take them as well but i think there's been a mindset shift in just like me like Joe Public everyone's thinking about REM sleeps all of a sudden I'm taking AG1 athletic greens you know we've all been sucked in by Huberman and by people like Rogan and whatever but yeah it's the mindset of thinking I, I want to optimize something I don't know what it is
2: yeah as soon as you get on board with something and it works you think why well, have I not done it like we all like miss supplements I'm taking I'm taking more mushroom stuff I'm like the magic camp no not the magic the stuff microdosing. Like, yeah no it's just like
1: with a bit of garlic and black pepper.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <I like laughs> a bit of sea salt Helps absorption. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but like, <laughs> I'm just taking more supplements where I'm feeling the benefit for. Like, say I'm taking stuff for my sleep. I'm taking stuff to get me into a deeper sleep, so my REM sleeps up. So I'm, I'm performing day after. Like, I'm obsessed with it. I don't know why. I'm just every morning I'm up performing green. Yes, like sounds. If I'm in yellow, I'm like, what I in? I'm like, what have I done? So I'm always thinking. Do you I'm think that like, I just wish I'd had this ten, fifteen years ago? Yeah, possibly. Like, But but when you're that young, you're not, you're not thinking about finishing, are you? You don't you, care, do you? you don't, uh, I you was having Mackies bullet, before you a game. Mackies like, before a game? Yeah, I, back used, to, I used to have Fanta cork, like bottles of Fanta. Like, I would, I'd sup anything, but now I'm like, I can't have that three days before a game. I'll get a stitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, in terms of
0: Lee and the way people have looked at them, and they've had their critics, haven't they, Mark, over the last couple of years, and yeah. obviously Derek's had his critics a lot from... Mm. A former uh, co-presenter, of us, John Wilkin. God rest his soul. He's left the podcast now. Uh, if you're just tuning in, yeah, you know, he's <laughs> called out Derek for a fight. I think a few times Or well, I've I've tried to encourage that. No, I don't think that plus. happens. Yeah. Okay. Just on that, if there was to be a charity fight between Derek Beaumont and John Wilkin uh, at Lee Sports Village, who who would? Obviously, you know, he's a know, black belt, Derek. He's a is he karate actually? man? Yeah. yeah, he's a secret psychopath. I don't think he's secret, but it's <laughs> not yeah, a is. secret. Can, so you reckon he'd he can, mess John Wilkin up? Kung fu someone, yeah, yeah. yeah chop. Yeah, he's black belt. Yeah. Is he really? Black pops don't fuck about. No, because we had a lot of people calling people out on this podcast recently in terms of fights. Jeremy uh, Latimore. I won't call Derek out. No, we had we had Paul Vaughan called Jeremy Latimore. No,
1: Jeremy Latimore, no. an NRL player, called Paul Vaughan out on a different podcast, and then we asked him about it. And, he just didn't really reply, did he? I think Moz called
0: called someone out, Tim Lafayette. become a bit of a no, theme no, this year. No, no, they didn't.
1: There's been Encouraged no calling out. Encouraged by me, maybe slightly to, to get... there But what I'm out. getting
0: to, you, Josh, is there anyone, if you just look down camera three there, is there anyone you'd like to call out?
2: No.
1: No.
0: I'm I'm a loving bloke, I'm not. <laughs> He's a fish and <laughs> not fighter. Yeah. Uh, but go on, in all, in all seriousness, how have Lee surprised people and
2: proved them wrong? Probably, we spoke about it... Team goes up, goes down. Like we spoke about, we don't want to be that team. uh We want the best for each other. I think everyone's working hard. You can see, if you watch the small details of of, of our game, you'll see lads are, are scrambling for each other. If someone misses a tackle, there's someone there. There's like, there's no no one switching off. Which I think you get that in in a team that wants the best for each other. And yeah, at first it was quite clunky because we're a new set of lads. It was. 15 lads had just come into a team, coming from different backgrounds, different teams. It was one of those where Lamy brought us all together. We went away on a uh, pre-season trip and it just it just clicked and was like, six, seven weeks' time, we're going to be an handful. It's took in a little bit longer. No, I think it was eight weeks and then the team started to, you know, turn up and I think we're five, six games winning streak now, it's just one of those where we're just we're building nicely, and yeah, I, I, I can see us what we're we're we're, uh, we're going to compete this year. It's different
0: for you, isn't it? Because you, you've not not necessarily been used to being an underdog in terms of mentality, right?
2: Yeah, I don't think we're not even taking that as an. We're just we're respecting every team, you know, people people brought us off, you know, we got rough in the beginning of year, you're going to, you're going to go, you're going to win a game. That was one thing. There was like few the articles got pulled up, but we're like, we are a respectful team. And every week we we show teams respect. And you know, then, then we turn, we turn it on. And it's just the caliber of players that we've got in this team at the minute, it's, it's, Pretty scary to be fair.
1: I think they've got great players, but also a lot of leadership and a lot of character in, within the team. A lot of players that have been at big clubs and yeah. and know what it needs what needs to be done to be successful. You've got Jack Hughes, who was co-captain at Warrington, yeah. yourself. John Asiata, who's been a great player in the middle of the park. Ricky Latelli, Tom Briscoe. They've got really good players, but also lads who've been in that those, those winning environments. So I think that's one thing. And secondly... They absolutely pissed the championship last year because they took it seriously and they built a good squad last year. They didn't cut corners and just get up and then have to completely revitalize the squad. They already had some good foundations to build on. And um, I think it's those two things that are why they've been so successful and uh, credit to Lee off the field as well, because they've really promoted their game. They're trying new things, the kit, the new name change. Scouting for girls. Something you like doing on a Saturday night, Well, oh, yeah. I used to. That's my uh, girlfriend. Oh, I, yeah, I haven't got one anymore. I haven't got one anymore. But I think they've really taken it seriously and the, um, they're doing different things and they're very innovative and, you know, every credit to Derek and, and, and the, the, the board there for, for doing the, what they're doing.
0: He wants to put on a show, doesn't he? I mean, in every sense, he's 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 got no, uh, he, you know, he's more than happy to walk around in a, in a leopard suit. and yeah. uh,
1: He wears you know, that anyway, doesn't he? He yeah, loves leopard print. Yeah,
2: he, he's,
0: I wonder it's what he wears hand when hand it's hand really sort of when the cameras really aren't on. You know, like he's in that basement, what he what he wears.
2: He's uh, very passionate about the name change. So when we, he took us all to IB uh, <laughs> for did he Mad Monday last year? Yeah. Hold well, on, this is the story we should have started and, the show. Uh, yeah. Should have had, had good, an hour on this. Had a good talk about. He said there's going to be a big change in the club. Like ever since he's had it, there's been nothing. It's just been, and like getting the vibe out of him, you could see his mindset. He was thinking like the bigger picture and. You know the way he's promoting the team, and if you drive down to the stadium, I don't know if you've drove towards uh, Lee Sports Village. Mm. Derek's got like being the raw at every other lamp post. Like driving to the stadium, it's like it's it's a buzz. Like has you, he got a sort of Mike Tyson in him? Does he own leopards as well? Yeah, he's got a ranch out in South Africa. Yeah, he does. That. Yeah, 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 he rescues them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So like I say he's very Lovely. passionate about it, and there's a story behind the the leopard. so he's uh we need more people like Derek in Super League the way he's he's branching out he's, he's
1: investing off the field rather than just on the field yeah, yeah you've got he's, to do
2: both he's chucking money at game days like you know I don't think you've we've had an event on every every own game mm. like he's gone from scouting to girls to carry wait on the to to pow like there's there's so many names that he's he's still throwing out the bag and I think and every that's coming week, out his own pocket right yeah he doesn't need to do that does he no mm. Like the firework display he puts on, like you don't have to do that, but like it's a spectacle.
1: The pre match entertainment before the first
2: game was like the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was mad, weren't yeah, it? Yeah, well, we had to train at Lee Miners. We had, yeah. we had to walk <laughs> well, they five, the stage five minutes. Yeah, yeah while they yeah, because he had fire girls, he had Scouting for Girls, like but you want that. You want yeah, it's entertainment. Yeah, you want you want people who aren't rugby fans going, oh, scouting for girls at Sports Village, only yeah. 20 quid for a ticket yeah. and we get to watch rugby. Hold mm-hmm. on,
0: let's, let's rewind to 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 a Ibiza. Like the idea that my head's going places yeah. like let's go back d- to the Derek Bowman office. His, yeah, so off his nut in DC 10 with Jones all, or something. Like yeah, it took
2: us all to Ibiza. Uh, yeah, it was in Hard Rock. We were just sat around the pool in Hard Rock uh, and Caffeine was just like, this is, this is what's going to happen. Like, and I was like, mate, I like, I like the idea of it but how far is it going to go? And he's going, I'm, I'm going to push it like People aren't going to like it, but they'll love it. And then, right at the beginning, the name change. I don't like it. Don't like it. But I think it's the best ever shirt sales I've ever had. Is it? Yeah. So like,
1: looks like there's method behind his madness. Yeah, he's. But I like it.
2: Yeah, he's. Like I said, we need more owners, investors. Cause talk's cheap in
1: it, and he's 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 backing it up with actions, which is booking scouting for girls is not cheap. I'd imagine as well. Like, I, I
0: no wonder all these stars are joining. The Lee Leopards like trips to Ibiza, and I'm on board. I mean, yeah. in, that, in terms of getting a crew on board, we're going to Ibiza. We can do it. We we're like, let us. And then when you're back, you give me everything. It works like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Because so
2: I, he'll, he come he come in a few weeks ago, and he said, like, you achieve this, you get this out of it. If you achieve this, you get this out of it. So he, he comes in and puts it on the table for us. So it's just us now, just to stick to the plan. And if we get to the end goal, God knows where he's gonna tackle us. But Vegas. That got got shot last year, <laughs> but it was, too, it was too far, yeah. I'd rather
0: go a than Vegas anyway. He wants to sit in a casino with a bunch of sweaty old men putting yeah. money into
2: slot machines. Ibiza was good. But it was. I,
0: good, I want the real yeah. stuff. Let's Four let's days. do out of your league extra. Yeah. Talk about extra, Ibiza. extra. Extra, extra. When you've retired, come and tell us the real stories yeah, of I'll do. that fateful week in <laughs> in, in Ibiza. Do, so I, I imagine with seeing the smile on your face now and talking about Lee, and I can see your body language changes, you kind of do you notice that, Mike? You probably don't pick up on a lot of things, do you? Well, pick on he on he, he sort of was a bit like, we are talking about uh, Sale and a bit uh, like this at Warrington. And, oh, don't mention Daryl Powell's name and now he's all out there and open and so on. You, you, you feel like you, you want to give them as much of Josh Charney as
2: possible because they've given you this chance. Yeah.
0: They've, you want to finish your career there?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they've given me opportunity to come back and, you know, enjoy the sport again and, you know, the way that we're putting ourselves out there, you know, in, in the rugby league world, it's it's a credit to the whole team and, you know, I'm just enjoying my time as a player again and, you know, if I can help out with any way or possible with, like I say, the young kids who, who are coming through at Leeds, I'm just trying to, you know, pass on what I've learned off past players. When you look back at your career, do you have regrets at all? No. Like I said to you before, I'd have had regrets if I didn't move to Sale, I would have had regrets if I didn't, you know, move on different places, do different things, so no, I'd, I've done it, I've... I'm happy with what I've done and my decisions I've made. Mm. got the t shirt. Who is on the front of that t shirt, Mark? Oh, is it's right?
0: just. Uh, is that not him from Thunderbird? Oh, Thunderbird. It's my um, brand. Thunderbirds. Not Thunderbirds. Uh, who am I thinking of? Thundercats. Thundercats. Oh, Who's oh, the wait. evil I'll guy be... in Thundercats? I You're know, too young, you two. I'm too, too young. young, yeah. Yeah. Too young. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was nodding. <laughs> hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm asking the regret question, not sort of as a loaded one, because I'm just now going to ask you about England, but having been involved with England and put that shirt on, am I right in saying you were in the kind of initial squad for the Home World Cup? and then obviously didn't play. What what was that like, that news that to take when, when Sean Wayne had to make that call to you and how did that happen?
2: Uh, yeah, I just saw it that I, I got put in there, but nothing really had come about of it. I know there was Tommy Makis and there's younger players than me who, uh, who were, you know, playing at the top of their game. So I weren't too peed off, really. I was, you know, I've played there, I've done it. You know, I've got my cap. You'd like to represent your, team, your, your country at the end of the year, but I weren't I weren't mad or anything. I was just good to get the recognition again. But do, you,
0: but do you not look back and think you should have played more for England, given given your, your record and your numbers in Super League? I mean, Mark, do you not think you should have? I mean, is it eight caps you got for England, which is still well, eight more than a lot of people get? But, yeah. but there's
1: like two or three fixtures every year. Mm. You spent a good couple of years in Union and then... The, the competition for wing McGilvery, spots yeah, is yeah, is real yeah. is really tough yeah, in it he's really so, strong. so he's as good as any of them but it's one of them it's it's timing it's injuries it's who's scoring tries who's who's getting on the end of stuff wing players a lot to do with it's, if in the context of scoring tries is how much space is created inside you so yeah. there's a lot that goes into it but um, to be in the mix with Hall Makinson, McGilvery for that long is 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 what he's done and put he could have done more but I think you would be happy with what you've done yeah i'm
2: happy to say i've not no regrets i'm the competition's strong and you know I, I think there was one year where i didn't really score as many tries as the players and i think wayne did say it's because you're not really getting across the whitewash mm. i think it was 2019 or 2018. one of those years 2019 i think it was it was mm. like i didn't really score many tries i'm gonna score four tries in the year or three and it was like even me it was like yeah you're not really yeah, i'm performing but i'm not performing as to my best abilities mm. Do, just a final thought as well. Do, do you
0: feel that you sort of somehow misunderstood by a lot of people, maybe even some fans or whatever? And I just think this, uh, we've had Zach Hardacre on this podcast and he's he said yes. And you remember when Zach came on and obviously he's had, a lot of controversies and things in the back and we haven't even gone into any of Josh We don't know about them Mark, there may have been things that we don't know but that was your job you're, it's a good cop bag. you you're said that I'd
1: dig go. some shit up on Josh and all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to go there and I'll you know <laughs> we'll get this next time, next time we'll never DJ. do that but um, do, do you feel is there an element where you feel a little bit misunderstood by even if it's coaches and people because you know the, the first impressions people see you people see the tattoos
2: people see they, they probably have a different impression of what you're going to be like yeah I think so I think they probably think I'm dead cocky and like overconfident, but I'm total opposite. I'm, I'm quite reserved and I'm not really. I don't really open my mouth. I'm quite. A, I do things by action, not by words. And yeah, I think I am. I think so. Anyway, I don't.
1: You don't care, though, do you?
2: No, I'm not bothered. I, I've had it all, my career. I've had. I've been heckled off the fans. Like it doesn't. not really phase me.
1: What's the best heckle you've ever had?
2: Uh. I get gypsy still. Do you? Yeah, I did it at the weekend. I still got in my Instagram archive, there's about five or six ones.
1: Why gypsy?
2: I don't know. It was Witness who started that. Was it?
1: Yeah. That's I bet rich. you've never, <laughs> rich, you've never you know, had whips, gypsy. <laughs> nah.
2: Yeah, it's probably because I had hair Tats, but then I played on it. I bought a caravan. What did you? Yeah. So was that I, a mullet stage? No, nah, I didn't have a mullet. I yeah. just you're just the, curl, my the curls, really curly yeah. curly curly so if you bought a caravan so i you bought must a be caravan judgy. then i was like "Yeah, play on this a little bit <laughs> he's fishing the thing like <laughs> he's yeah. always yeah. watching snatch yeah <laughs> always got a flat cap on.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> actually the more you say it the more i can say it. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> josh absolute pleasure mate thank you so much for coming down Thanks, we've so never met you. before I, I really i really what i'd love about this podcast is that we get people who can sit on the couch and have an open and honest conversation with people that you don't really know i know you two are teammates but um that's kind of what makes it you know you could sit here and bat things away so thanks so much mate and it's so good to see you back doing what you love and scoring tries and hopefully for a few more years to come yeah thank you thanks for having me cheers Paul good man well done to you Mark as well I always say that at the end like you're a guest <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's sort of patronising and know, well done to you for a just to give you that a little bits. boost for the next one so you think, like yeah, yeah I should do well ego boost
0: yeah. thanks I feel great now Yeah, and if Woop do want to sponsor the podcast Mark just one final appeal oh, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening everybody we'll see you in a couple of weeks don't forget to give us a little follow at out of your RL on social media it sounds rude when I say that, doesn't it at out of your RL five stars. out of your RL yeah out of your RL and
1: five stars what five stars five, yeah.
0: stars five stars minimum review we'll see you next time bye